0: This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Chicago prides itself on its history of organizing with no shortage of organizers who work tirelessly to make the city a better place for all who live here. Now, earlier this year, we introduced you to a handful of those Chicagoans doing that hard work after they were honored with the 2023 Leaders for a New Chicago Award. It's presented by the Field Foundation of Illinois to Chicagoans who have helped advance racial and social justice movements in the city. Now, as a part of the award, each of the 10 honorees received a monetary sum, $25,000 directly to them, plus $25,000 for their organization. And now, six months later, we're going to check back in with a few of the leaders just to see what they've been up to and how the award has supported their work. So here with us now in studio is Mark Clements, community organizer at the Chicago Torture Justice Center. That's an organization focused on ending all forms of police violence. Good to see you again, Mark. Thank you. And Glo Choi is a community organizer with the HANA Center, which advocates on behalf of Korean, Asian-American, and multi, multi-ethnic multi immigrant communities here in the city. Hey, Glo. How's it going? Good to have you back as well. And I'm going to start with you. I'm curious how you see the HANA Center tackling the complex issues that are facing our city.
1: Uh, I guess the simple answer is we're just trying to bring people together. Yeah. Um, there is a lot of division going on in Chicago as As has been going on for some time, um, I think the recent, um, you know, what has unfortunately become a crisis with asylum seekers coming, you know, institutions and community-based organizations and communities themselves not having enough support, Mm -hmm. um, we're trying to remedy that with case management, with community education, meeting folks where they're at, trying to understand, like, why is this happening in the first place? Because a lot of people think that because we're a sanctuary city, that this is why it's going on, but they're actually, they have nothing to do with each other. So we're trying to educate people on what a sanctuary city actually is, how that act, how that status actually protects our communities, our, our entire city, as well as how we can continue supporting all people in Chicago.
0: I mean, and this is a complicated problem, and some people can be overwhelmed by that or just lose hope. Uh, that change is even possible. So, I mean, what keeps you motivated to do this work despite all the difficulty?
1: I think first and foremost, we're grounded in the very people that are impacted by this. Um, there are undocumented folks. Uh, there are people who are newly undocumented, or they're coming here for the first time, and they're really suffering. They made long, arduous journeys to make it here, and. You know, it's not everything that they thought it would be. Um, it's a lot colder, <laughs> as as we all know today. Yes. Um, but folks need housing. Uh, everyone needs housing. I think what keeps the hope going is that we want everyone to be well. We want wellness to be there, whether you're newly arrived, you've been here, you got papers, or you don't. That's yeah. what keeps us going.
0: What about you, Mark? What What motivates you, and, and how has this award supported your work?
2: Uh, well, it has supported uh, to at least... Uh, bring recognition to mothers as well as children that have suffered as to the result of police torture in the city of Chicago. It has also uh, helped uh, with travel to the state of California to address uh, a sheriff gang uh, that is terrorizing uh, the residents in the state of California, it has helped in ways of helping other activists uh, as well as traveling to the state of Minnesota and basically viewing uh, the Floyd, uh, George Floyd uh, Memorial uh, in all sorts of different ways. Uh, I just think that uh, once God bless us, we should be a blessing to others.
0: We found out this summer the city plans on building a Chicago Torture Justice Memorial. As a survivor of police torture, Mark, what does it mean to you to have a memorial?
2: Well, I think that it will bring recognition uh, to those that had to fight like dogs to get out of prison. I know being inside of a prison for 28 years and losing my mom's, Uh, Once returning back to society, uh, the hard work that she had to put in uh, to secure my release through a broken uh, criminal justice system that still this day do not want to fully recognize that men, women, as well as children were taken down to police stations and tortured.
0: Mm. Glow, we just talked about uh, that controversy in city council Mm. about uh, Chicago's status as a sanctuary city. What do you think about the city's response so far?
1: Um, I guess there's a few ways to answer the question. I think something that's going on um, on the council level with the alder people, it's its really heartbreaking to see that, you know, there are alder people that supported the, you know, the sanctuary city status or the welcoming city ordinance, as it's known officially. Folks who supported it then uh, when it passed, um, many people don't support it now and I'm not I'm not sure what's changed because the whole reason it was passed was the idea of public safety for everybody um the community response for it how people have been responding kind of breaks my heart uh, particularly mm. when you know we'll go to rule, the rules committee or we'll go to council meetings to share the community's perspective on it and we, The community members and advocates were met with a lot of opposition saying, you're not wanted here. You don't deserve to be here. Um, in fact, there was, people were saying things like, you should go back to your country. Um, so what
0: action do you want to see from Mayor Johnson and his administration?
1: Um, I think to ensure that... Everything is done to make sure that we continue to be a sanctuary city, that a sanctuary city status, you know, the heart of it is public safety and well-being. That should be done for everybody. Um, I know a lot of the controversy has been, why are you supporting a community that's newly arrived? Or why are you supporting a community that doesn't really belong here, right? That's how some people frame it, especially when there are folks here who have been suffering suffering generationally, systemically. Um, and I want to name that. There are divides right now between the black and immigrant communities. And it's it's so painful to see because the first thing people want to do is point fingers at one another. Um, especially when they see that folks are getting housing. Um, and housing is a scarcity that's a reality for so many in the community. So I think All if right. there's one thing I'd say to the Johnson administration, for people who believe immigrants don't belong here, is that you know we all call this city home um and everyone deserves to be housed everyone deserves to be well to be recognized for their contributions and to have all their injustices um to be rectified
0: what does solidarity look like to you mark and you know, what do you think makes bridge building effective
2: oh uh, well communication for one uh and as to what my comrade was speaking of, you know, I think that African American people failed to realize what we had to go through when slavery existed. And let me tell you, yes, it does uh, create a burden upon the African American community, but they didn't want to give us anything. And let uh, me tell you, once the light has dimmed, they're not going to want to give those residents anything as well. I would love to see us operate in love, but we cannot build anything absent communication. And we need proper communication and to understand that, guess what, the same conditions that black folks had to go through to secure some type of freedom, they are going to be met with the same uh, uh, barriers as well. So
0: I mentioned earlier, as part of this award, you both received funding to support your work and to support you, right? So what has that experience been like and and how would you like to see your work
1: continue to be funded? You first, Glow. Well, yesterday was Giving Tuesday. Uh, So shout out to all the folks out there who have, continue to support our work that continue to support the work of of mark uh, of wbz so many great folks doing the work here um i think what continued funding means is just continued buy-in uh to our work um and that behooves us as organizers to meet folks where they're at to inform them of the great work that's been going on because i remember before i joined hana center I wasn't aware of any of this work. Mm. I didn't know what was going on because that's the default, right? The default is not knowing what's going on, you know, in the world. And so I think continued buy-in, and we just got to keep going out there and meeting folks. We have to continue talking with foundations that need to hear what's going on on the ground. We need to meet community members to inform them of all the challenges that are going on um, and all the work that it takes as a collective to continue doing it, none of that can be done without without buy-in, without funding.
0: So, yeah. How, What's your experience been like, Mark?
2: Uh, well, I think this is a start. It's a start to bring to the attention some of these conditions that need work around them. You know, the Chicago Torture Justice Center, you know, we have, mental health, we still need funding. We have re-entry, we still need funding. We have organizing, we still need funding. And for
0: people who aren't aware, Mark, tell us, what are some of the ways that the center supports survivors in the community?
2: Tell uh, well, us more about the work. Mental health uh, is a top priority. Uh, when men and women, and they leave out of our prison system, they're dealing with some things that people just don't have a clue. So mental health is one. Mm-hmm. Re-entry, coming back to this society two, three decades, after the fact they need housing, they need jobs, they need uh the opportunity to just sit down and to congregate with fellow people who uh basically they were around the reentry department at the Chicago Torture Justice Center is remarkable. We have organizing in which we are organizing around the Illinois murder registry. Mm-hmm. This is something that should not be in play. And for all of our top leaders, we're talking about change. Well, the Chicago Torture Justice Center has done this off of pennies. And it is time that people begin to recognize that the Chicago Torture Justice Center is the first Center to treat domestic violence at the hands of Chicago police. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, healing comes when you invest into that particular area. So Chicago Torture Justice Center, we need help. And you can help us by going to www.chicagotorturejustice.org.
0: What's next on the agenda for your work with uh, the Hanna Center,
1: Glow? Um, continued advocacy on sanctuary city work. Um, we also want to continue, uh, building bridges among, uh, communities that are all impacted by injustice, uh, at Hana Center right now, um, We're trying to educate folks on our own identity, particularly Korean first generation folks, where, you know, racialization is not something that was so common um, or understood, really. Uh, But it's learning what the Asian or Korean identity means in in America Mm -hmm. and then what that what other identities mean in America, too. For example, what does it mean to be black in America? And that's not something that many first generation Koreans are aware of. Mm -hmm. And so first, it's doing that intentional education about ourselves, about other communities, and then it's meeting communities so we can Quite figuratively, uh, and hopefully literally, build bridges uh, between our communities, and that's long-time work.
0: Yeah, that is that is a, a commitment and, and a dedication which you've already you've already shown, right? I'm proud to
2: do
1: it.
0: And and Mark. Real quick, what's ahead for the Chicago Torture Justice Center?
2: Uh, Well, we are constantly fighting around these cases. Uh, Matter of fact, many people fail to realize that females were tortured. Uh, There is five females that were tortured. Three of them are out Two of them remain incarcerated inside of the prison system. My goal is to bring more of those women out of these prisons and to draw a proper perspective that these females were also tortured. Some of them raped. Some of them slammed up against police walls and lost their babies. Enough is enough.
0: We'll leave it there. Mark Clements organizes with the Chicago Torture Justice Center, and Gul Choy is a community organizer with Hanna Center. Thank you both so much. It's an honor. Thank you. And we're back now with more Reset. I'm your host, Sasha Ann Simons. We just talked to two Chicagoans who earlier this year received the Leaders for a New Chicago Award. They're organizing for racial justice in the Chicago area. Now we'll turn our attention to another leader who's organizing for justice in the disability community to see how the award has impacted her work. Vanessa Harris is president and founder of the Strategy for Access Foundation. Welcome back to Reset, Vanessa. Thank you, Sasha. When we last spoke, you were telling us about a a documentary project that's uh, showcasing accessibility in Chicago. And then since then, you have filmed more than a dozen short films on the topic. So tell us more about the project.
3: Okay, um, my team is working on a project called Accessible Chicago. It's a docu-series showcasing Chicago as one of the most accessible and fun cities in the world. Um, we we're going to be releasing the videos highlighting the accessible features of 15 of Chicago's Top tourist attractions beginning in February of 2024.
0: Wow, which venues did you choose to highlight their accessibility? Well, we
3: filmed Navy Pier where we are right now. Okay, so that's we we even had wheelchair users on the Ferris wheel. Oh, really? Yeah, okay, yeah. I know you did
0: uh, some museums too, Museum
3: of Science and Industry, Museum of Contemporary Art, mm-hmm. the Field Museum, the zoo.
0: Yeah, we did Lincoln Park Zoo. How did they do? How did they? What What was the? Grade? Oh, Lincoln
3: Park Zoo is great. Okay, they are very accessible and they're very committed
0: to people with disabilities. And in your view, Vanessa, I mean, why are videos like these good for Chicago? Like, what What is the goal here? We want people
3: to know that Chicago should be known as an internationally uh, known as a disability friendly city. Um. The entire city makes makes um, an effort to be accessible to people with disabilities. Um, and the Democratic Convention is coming up this year. That's right. So there's going to be a lot of people coming in from all over the country that need to know about the accessibility features of the city.
0: Yeah, very important. I would love to know the process of, of creating these videos, Vanessa. You worked with actors? yeah we
3: worked with actors who had actual disabilities. We didn't have anybody that was pretending to have a disability. Why so was that important? It's important because we want to know um um it was not a scripted um exercise. They actually had tours of the venues um by the staff of the of the attractions. And we wanted to know exactly what they would encounter, so when people see the videos, they would say, "Hey, I can see that I can experience that myself, and I know it's real.
0: Yeah, And you're currently planning to screen the films early next year." Is yeah right? we are. Yeah. What can you tell us about the the release and the, the rollout? of these short documentaries.
3: Okay, well we're planning to have a screening. We don't have all the plans that we're gonna have a screening of a few of them at one venue, which is gonna be really nice in early February. So we want people to sign up for our newsletter so we can find so we so they can find out when it's gonna be and then we'll send out a save the date and then we'll send out an invite.
0: Ah. Where where can we sign up for your newsletter?
3: The newsletter is on our website at fun the number four, disabled dot
0: com. Now you have also produced some fitness events and content for people with disabilities. What's the story behind that? And talk about your own uh, fitness journey.
3: Okay. All right. Well, um a couple of years ago we had an intern that worked with us. Um, who had low vision. And um, she was talking to me one day, and she said, you know, Vanessa, I don't get enough exercise, and there's not enough exercises exercise programs for me. And I said, you know, Jillian, I don't get enough exercise either, and I'm a wheelchair user. And we looked into it, and we realized there are, there are very high morbidity and mortality rates among people with disabilities because they don't get enough exercise.
0: Right. So you're promoting activities like yoga and tai chi in your your videos boxing, right? ballet? Yes. Wow. Yes. That's awesome. Uh so lots of cardio work, right? And yes. balance training too. Yes. Tell me about some of the people you admire working in this space. Like who who inspires you? Any other disability organizers you want to shout out? Um,
3: well, one person that that passed away recently was Judy Human. I interviewed her um, for um, my website. She was very active in in all of the disability. Rights during her lifetime. She also worked for the Obama administration and the Clinton administration. Mm-hmm. Um, she also worked for the World Bank. Um, she and but when I interviewed her, she was just so much fun. Yeah.
0: You so know? how if you, when you think of of Judy's work, how would you say it informs what you're doing at Strategy for Access? Um, well, you're definitely bringing the fun. She. she yeah,
3: well, she talked about disability culture and how it affects not only people with disabilities, but people who who can take advantage of the benefits of the accommodations because they're made and then people say, Oh, I can use that too. So like curb cuts. Originally that was just set up for people with um people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. But now you have people with strollers and carts and things like that yeah, and bicycles. So there's a reach there.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I got to ask, we, we know that uh, the award included a personal monetary prize as well as that grant to support your work, right, in yeah. building this new Chicago. Outside of the financial support, Vanessa, what has it been like to receive this kind of recognition?
3: You know, I I've been on television, and I had to get up at like three o'clock in the morning. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's pretty cool, isn't it?
3: Yeah, it was. And I'm I'm meeting so many nice people, and they're reaching out to me, um, saying, "Hey, you know, I I heard about you, and I'm I'm interested in volunteering with your organization." So that's one thing we want more volunteers.
0: Ah. Yeah, and I'm curious, are, are grants and, and awards, is that typically how your work is funded at Strategy for Access? Yes, but the people who who
3: give us the grants also want to make sure that we're getting individual donations. So we're looking for donations. And right now, if you donate to us this week, come to our website at funfoolthedisables.com. If you donate to us this week, you get a sneak preview of our upcoming
0: video series on Accessible Chicago. Awesome. I'm wondering how you would like people to think about and to frame the needs of people with disabilities. Like, what do people need to know in order to make Chicago more inclusive for everybody? Okay. People
3: with disabilities are amazing, okay? And they want to explore and be imaginative and be adventurous and have fun just like everyone else. We made these videos so everyone knows they're welcome to Chicago and experience these iconic tourist attractions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there are many different types of accessibility needs in the disabled community. Right. Right. So what is it like for you, then, organizing around and advocating for such a diverse community within itself?
3: Well, um, for example, um, our website has a widget on it, so it's, a, it's accessible to 40 different kinds of disabilities for so right. people who are deaf or have hard of hearing, people who are low vision Mm -hmm. or blind. Wheelchair Um, users, right? Yeah. Um, People who have ADHD or dyslexic. Um, What was I going to say? The new videos will also have audio descriptions on them for the blind. So there's going to be two different versions of each video that we have on our website. One with captioning in American Sign Language Mm -hmm. and another version with audio descriptions.
0: Tell us more about your foundation, Strategy for Access. What would you say are the biggest challenges or roadblocks that you face when you're trying to advocate for access? Okay. Um is there anything that comes up all the time that you've got to work around? Yeah. That frustrates they, you maybe?
3: Yes. We're always trying to get enough funding to keep us sustainable.
0: To keep this work going.
3: Yeah. Um we we got the major grant our funders, our major funders are the US Department of Commerce, National Endowment for the Arts, Chicago Community Trust the field foundation who gave me the new leaders for Chicago grant Mm -hmm. and three house. Um, but, um, we don't get those every year. We have to go back and apply for them every year. So, um, we have to, we have to continue to apply and that takes up a lot of our time. Yeah. um, And it takes away time from making the content and reaching out to our actual audience. Not that we don't want to impress the people that give us money, but we want them to also look at our content and say, hey, let's give them some more money.
0: What type of support would you like to see from city officials when it comes to accessibility? Like if you've had the mayor's ear... What would you say to him?
3: Um, I would like to say to him, get more people involved with the mirror people with disabilities. She she needs more more staff members working for her. Um, she has an an um and outreach people getting jobs. But let me give you an example of one thing that I experienced. I'm a licensed engineer. Okay okay, I'm doing this because I want to, but I also found when I was in engineering, there was a serious pay gap because I had a disability. Um, People who have disabilities usually are paid less than people who are non-disabled. This is something that the mayor needs to know about and, and decrease that pay gap to nil. Because people with disabilities are more loyal, they work harder,
0: and they just need a few accommodations. Yeah. Well, we appreciate your advocacy work in this space. Vanessa Harris is president and founder of Strategy for Access Foundation. Thank you so much for joining us.
3: Thank you.